This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Rob, you know that Mitch Holtz calls me Snap Count Doc, right? Because the snap counts matter. I'm a big believer in that. They can do all the talking in the world that they would like, but who plays in these games? That stuff matters. Let's take a closer look at the snap counts from the game against the Miami Dolphins, shall we? Because the Chiefs, I think, have finally figured it out. It took them a while. Now, maybe it took some injuries. Maybe it took some other things to happen. But you know what? Maybe they've figured it out. Now, the offensive line, all five of them played all five snaps, including Patrick Mahomes. So six players played every offensive snap for the Chiefs in Saturday's game. Rob, you want to know who was seven, eight, and nine in snaps played for the offense? Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and Isaiah Pacheco. Call me crazy, but playing your best players more and getting them more involved into the offense, you can have a lot of success doing that. I mean, we're talking about an offense that threw the ball double-digit times to Rasheed Rice. They threw it to him 12 times. We're talking about an offense that threw it to Travis Kelsey 11 times in this game. We're talking about an offense that gave it to Isaiah Pacheco 25 times on Saturday. Rob, Am I seeing things? The Chiefs have figured it out. They've mastered it. This is the formula. You guys are going to get tired of me saying this. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everybody else. Less of everybody else. That's all I want. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. They've listened. They hear me. I expect them to do the exact same thing on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. I'll take it one step further. Do you want the wide receiver snap counts for your Kansas City Chiefs? Rasheed Rice played in 61 snaps. 61. They had 75 as an offense. He was on the field for for 61 of those snaps. An overwhelming majority. Great. Justin Watson, I would say that he is their second most reliable and dependable wide receiver. Wouldn't you agree? I think he's been that. Justin Watson played 54 snaps. So he was on the field almost as Rasheed Rice. Obviously didn't get the amount of targets and balls thrown his way. But, hey, Justin Watson is a guy that knows his routes, can get open, can catch. I got no issues with Justin Watson. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was number three on this list. He got 32 snaps. They almost had Rasheed Rice on the field twice as much as they had MVS on the field. You know what I'm done arguing? I'm done arguing about who should play more between MVS, McCall Harmon, and Richie James. 
None of them are good options. They're just not. They're not good options. I was on the Richie James bandwagon early in the season. He has done nothing for me to advocate that he should get more time. McCole Hardman, I, I like McCole Hardman. I would quit using him in go routes and fly routes and throwing it down the field, but I got no problem with him getting a couple of touches, being your creative X-factor type. I think McCole Hardman has a role on this team. MVS is just going to play. He's just going to play. I don't like it. I imagine that many of you also don't like it with MVS, but you know what? They are just going to continue to put MVS out there. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. I'm fine with it. Now, I wouldn't throw it to him a whole lot, and he only got one catch for eight yards in this game, and he got two balls thrown his way. I'm not here to complain about MVS. I'm here to applaud the Kansas City Chiefs because of how right they got it. Aside from Patrick Mahomes and the offensive line, the next three was Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey. They are limiting MVS's interaction with the team. They are throwing it to him less, and they're putting him on the field less, and they're doing that with all the others. More Rice, more Kelsey, more Pacheco, less of everything else. Play good defense, control the line of scrimmage, limit mistakes. That is the formula that this team needs to advance in the postseason. I have never disagreed with the formula. I The formula is correct. Get the ball to the stars. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get penalized. And you have a better quarterback than most everyone. You have better defense than most everyone. You're in a pretty good spot. The problem and where I come off as Mr. Negative is I point out they haven't done that at any point this season. They've not done what you're saying. On paper, when you write it down, it's great. They haven't done it in practice. So you're talking about MVS's snap counts. You're talking about the usage and all this, if you have that data and I have that data, don't you think Sean McDermott has that data? Don't you think Sean McDermott, who, by the way, I don't think is the best coach in the league, but it's a solid NFL head coach, is somewhere cooking up an idea to let's force one of the role players to beat us. Because in years past, when the Chiefs have gone on Super Bowl runs, a role player has shined bright in a big moment. MVS. Just 12 months ago was everyone's favorite when he shined very bright in the AFC title game. Big moment. He's not one of their stars last year. He played great. The Chiefs beat the Bengals. Everyone had a party. It was fantastic. But who's going to be that guy this year? Because right now, if you and I have the data that MVS is getting cardio, Justin Watson is barely getting touches, and McCole Hartman can't track a deep ball, you know what I'm doing if I'm Sean McDermott? I'm making one of those three guys beat me. I'm not letting the combination of Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey cook me the same way the Dolphins let them get cooked. Well, what if I told you this? Because this is going to be a major talking point this week, and I know it's not what you want to hear because it involves running the football successfully. You know what happened the last time that these two teams played each other? Isaiah Pacheco didn't play in this game. The Chiefs scored 17 points. Now, the Chiefs gave Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon, they got 15 carries in the game. Rob, out of those 15 carries, they got 58 yards. And their longest run was seven. So you took off one of those major players. Now, Travis Kelsey had six catches for 83 yards. Rasheed Rice had seven catches, 72 yards, and one touchdown. You know what desperately they needed from anybody on the team? A contribution. So I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. The last time that these two teams played each other, they didn't have a third option. 
Their third option was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Kelsey had the most yards offensively. Rasheed Rice had the second most yards offensively and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. In this scenario, you get Isaiah Pacheco back. You know that he's going to be a focal point in this game and the Chiefs are going to want to establish the run. It's supposed to be 15 degrees in Buffalo. You know the wind is going to be circulating. So I imagine that their plan is going to be to run the football effectively and try to control the line of scrimmage. And if now you can figure, you just need one of those other individuals to make a play. That's it. Can you get 40 yards receiving from Clyde Edwards Hilaire and get a couple of catches out of the backfield? Can you get one down the field catch from Justin Watson on a third and 13 and it's 17 yards down the field and it moves the chains and creates a first down opportunity for Kansas City? The first time that these two teams played each other, you didn't have... I would argue your most explosive offensive weapon in Isaiah Pacheco. What if that's the X factor? What if that's the difference? What is the difference in these two teams in the second matchup that wasn't there in the first matchup? The Chiefs didn't have one of their most productive offensive players. Everybody for Buffalo played in that game. Josh Allen was there. James Cook was there. Dawson Knox was there. Dalton Kincaid was there. Stephon Diggs was there. Gabriel Davis. Buffalo had everybody and only scored 20 points in that game the first time that these two teams played each other. Kansas City didn't. What if that's the difference offensively in this game? It's very possible. It is very possible that the biggest difference in this game will be Pacheco and the fact that Chiefs will have a run game. But it's also possible because Dalton Kincaid, not Dalton Kincaid, excuse me, Dawson Knox played in that game. But if you'll remember, he was questionable going into that game. So, I mean, that's just the NFL. No one's at 100%, but he's a different animal in the postseason. He got a sixth touchdown in the postseason yesterday in an NFL game. The Bills didn't have Kyir Elam. I understand I'm changing sides of the field, but that could also be a factor in the game. My point is, yes, Pacheco could be a difference maker. He was not in the first game. He is going to be in this game. But to me, the idea that, oh, well, they didn't have their guy, it's going to be totally different, is a little bit foolish because everyone at some point deals with injuries in the NFL season. That's just kind of life in the fast lane to me. I do think Pacheco could make a difference, but I'm curious who the Bills are going to actively take away because you and I both know not all three are going to eat the way they did against the Finns. No, you're 100% right, but a major difference in this game was that Buffalo was able to run the ball somewhat effectively. James Cook averaged 5.8 yards per carry, and Josh Allen had a rushing touchdown in this game. That was a major difference in this game, that Buffalo was able to really be balanced for the most part in this game, both running and throwing the ball. Kansas City wasn't. It was kind of what we saw a lot. It was a lot of Patrick Mahomes, a lot of trying to figure it out in one-dimensional version of the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs are going on this road and winning this game if they're one-dimensional. If they stop Isaiah Pacheco and Patrick Mahomes has to throw the ball 45, 50 times in this game because you're not getting anything from the run game, that means that Buffalo is controlling things up front. They're getting to the quarterback. They're making this team be one-dimensional. I think this team is going to have to continue to run the ball, going to have to continue to control the line of scrimmage if this team is going to win. I think the formula is there. I think they followed the formula to a T on Saturday against Miami. In terms of a game plan and execution, I think the Chiefs went out there and did everything they wanted to in that game against the Miami Dolphins. Are they going to be able to take that on the road and do that against the Buffalo Bills? That's the question. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, let's see if this is actually breaking news. Go for it, CDOT. Sources tell Mike, or sources tell ESPN that Mike Tomlin will be back next year as the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You guys saw that yesterday, Mike Tomlin had a press conference. He was asked about his future, and he was out of there. Didn't want any parts of it. Didn't want any parts of it. Well, according to ESPN, Mike Tomlin told the Pittsburgh Steelers players and coaches Tuesday that he plans to coach the team in 2024, a day after he walked out of a news conference when he was asked about it. Tomlin has a year left on his contract, has given no indications of wanting to step away in recent weeks. A source close to the situation tells ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, and Tomlin, quote, just wants to coach football. The source added that a contract extension could intensify the conversation this offseason. Mike Tomlin will be back, it sounds like, as the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that's what we all thought was going to happen, right? Right? I mean, I'm not really surprised at this. Mike Tomlin has a really good job and works for a first-class organization. They won double-digit games and made the postseason. Now, I didn't think that it was going to be Mike Tomlin's decision to no longer coach the Steelers. Now, if they made the decision to sit him down, that would be one other thing. That would make a lot of sense. But I never thought for a second that Mike Tomlin was going to be the one that just decided, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I'm going to do something else. I never thought that was going to happen. I mean, I agree with you. I never thought it was going to be Mike Tomlin's decision, but I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a hair surprised. Just like a small part of me is surprised that the Steelers are going to run it back with him. I mean, we've had, uh, was it Colin Dunlap from Pittsburgh on this show before? And he said, Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers have not won a playoff game since they beat the chiefs on the questionable holding call of Eric Fisher at Arrowhead. Like let that sink in to chiefs fans. Do you know how long that's been? Eric Fisher then that was Mahomes, what? Not drafty yet. No Mahomes. Eric Fisher then has won two Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, been released, retired from the league, played for the Colts. Like, you go back and look at that moment. Mike Tomlin hasn't won a game since that one. That's a very long time in the NFL. Yeah, no, it's, you're certainly right that it's a long time. I guess I, I think we're at the point with Mike Tomlin as a coach of 
Do you think that Pittsburgh is finding a better coach than Mike Tomlin? I am not saying that Mike Tomlin doesn't come without flaws and the postseason success recently hasn't been an issue, right? Like that has definitely been an issue. You think that Pittsburgh's getting a better coach? Let me ask you this. Is Mike Tomlin basically just modern day Mario Schottenheimer right now? Because they go 10 and six every yeah, but year. He's also won a Super Bowl though. I'm talking like now. Like, look at the now. He won a Super Bowl last win. Yeah, no, you're right. He won with Big Ben over the Cardinals in 2010. He lost to the Packers in what, 2012, 2011, probably in that timeline. Have they been since then? Have they won since then? Like, a decade has passed. Football's changed. The world's different. Like, he just, since his Super Bowl, he has Marty vibes. He's never had a quarterback. He's had decrepit Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett, who I was very wrong about, Mason Rudolph, and a cavalcade of others, just nothings. They win 10 games every year. They're great in their division, and then the playoff success trophy is empty. But this is where I think that we just as media people and people that follow the NFL have to be better. Every quarterback isn't Alex Smith, and every coach, as great as I think Matt LaFleur is, Matt LaFleur's never been to the Super Bowl. Does that make a Marty Schottenheimer? Like, how many coaches are Marty Schottenheimer then? Maybe it's just really hard to win in the postseason. For as great as the Baltimore Ravens coach is, John Harbaugh, has he had a lot of success recently? They haven't been good since Colin Kaepernick was on the San Francisco 49ers. That was a long time ago that they have made a postseason run. So all I'm saying is we can go through any of these coaches that you think are really, really good. Show me the coach that has had consistent success. We think Sean Payton's a really good coach. That Super Bowl that he went to was over a decade ago at this point. Matt LaFleur is a really, really good coach. When's the last time that he had great postseason success and they got to the next level? Everybody ain't Marty Schottenheimer here. I get the comparison. I get that we do this. But the same way that every quarterback is an Alex Smith, Every coach that hasn't gone to the Super Bowl in the last five years doesn't have to be Marty Schottenheimer. It just feels very lazy to compare every person to that. So on the text line says this, and I'll may I'll I'll say it's not good point. Isn't Mike Tomlin just Mike McCarthy? Super Bowl was a long time ago. A lot of regular season success, not a lot of postseason success in recent memory. The difference between Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan and John Harbaugh and those guys you mentioned is they've won playoff games since 2017 that's seven years of they're in the playoffs and they lose that's like the Mike Malarkey Titans they show up they lose they go home I mean D'Amico Ryans has more playoff wins since the holding game for Eric Fisher than Mike Tomlin does you're right it's probably lazy by me to call him Marty Schottenheimer I'm not it's not the shoe I think a lot of I think we do this with a lot of coaches who is the coach in the NFL right now, aside from Andy Reid, that has consistent yearly playoff success? Because I can give you eight to ten coaches that don't have that level of success. People feel this way about Kyle Shanahan. Hey, Kyle Shanahan can't win the big one. Look at what happened with Atlanta. Look at what happened with San Francisco. He can't win the big one. People feel that way about Mike Tomlin. You certainly can feel that way about Sean Payton. Who's this magical coach that's not Andy Reid that just every year in the postseason, they're just, who is it? I just don't think that coach exists. I just think that sometimes, and I know it's crazy, and I'm part of this too. I don't make it seem like I'm not part of this cycle either. Maybe, just maybe, we are too hard on head coaches and quarterbacks because we certainly could go back four or five years ago and hear what people had to say about Jared Goff, and they were ready to throw Jared Goff in the trash. Jared Goff's done. He's cooked. He's a Sean McVay creation. You can't win with Jared Goff. It was fake. Get him out of here. I don't want him anymore. 
Jared Goff right now is the favorite to take his team to the NFC Championship game. They won double-digit games this year. They just won a postseason game. Maybe Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe he's good. You and I both saw Jordan Love in that first game against Kansas City. I would have never guessed that he would turn into what he is right now. Just saying, maybe it takes a little bit more time and or it is much harder than we give it credit to consistently do it in a single elimination tournament like this. This is not March Madness. In March Madness in the first round, Kansas is going to play a team that can't match them on any level. Resources, coaching, talent, benefits, nothing. It's really hard to get upset in the first round if you're a really good team in in March Madness. It's not that hard in the NFL to do that. You're playing another team that won 10, 11 games. You're playing another team. That's it. That's all I have. I just think that we're, I think we're really, really hard on coaches. And the, the moment that you have a little expectation like the Cowboys and you don't win, fire him. He's a bum. Nick Sirianni, they went to the Super Bowl a year ago. A year ago, they went to the Super Bowl. Now it's Lewis Riddick, who's not somebody that really speaks in hyperbole. He said earlier today he would fire Nick Sirianni and replace him with Bill Belichick, who was just the coach of a team that has the third overall pick. It's out of control right now in the league. Out of control. I think what's happening in the league, and you're right, we, we too probably hold quarterbacks and coaches to too high a standard in the NFL. I think and I do it, you do it, NFL fans do it. We're all victim to, well, they lost or at least they're a failure. Everyone falls in that trapping. But isn't this the best crop of free agent coaches we may have ever seen in the league? It's pretty rare that multiple Hall of Fame coaches are available for hire. I doubt Pete Carroll gets hired. I know he got bumped up, but Pete Carroll, if you want to make him your head coach, is available. Bill Belichick is absolutely available today to go hire. Jim Harbaugh, who's won a national title for Michigan, is available to hire. I didn't mention Mike Vrabel, who's not a Hall of Fame coach, but has worked wonders in Tennessee. He's available to get hired. Like, isn't part of the process this year different because of the crop of guys that's available? And me and you, I didn't mention him. Me and you love Ben Johnson. Like we do love Ben Johnson. Plutonium. I, guess, I guess I'm throwing out there. If we're going to say that Mike Tomlin is Marty Schottenheimer, Mike Vrabel's an upgrade. I'm not saying Mike, Mike Vrabel had one postseason run. Isn't Vrabel they just one? And I like Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel's a very good coach. But in one vein, we can't say that Mike Tomlin hasn't had a lot of postseason success and is Marty Schottenheimer. And then your solution to having postseason success is hiring Mike Vrabel. Isn't what happened to Mike Vrabel? What could have happened? It didn't happen. We're dealing in, high, in hypotheticals now. But what we just saw with Mike Vrabel, isn't that what could have happened with Mike Tomlin? We saw. Super diet or RC Cola, Mike Tomlin just get canned because not enough winning despite not having a quarterback. Isn't yeah, they that also kinda... just weren't good this year either. Like they, that's true. They they just stayed. They were they, they were bad this year. Steelers ain't never been bad. Now again, we can question what the ceiling is for Pittsburgh. I'm not saying hey, if you think they should have most postseason success, all of that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, last year Tennessee went seven and ten. They went six and eleven this year. They've been. They've been bad these last two years. At some point, you got to tell me when Mike Tomlin and his Pittsburgh Steelers have really fallen off. If they had won four games this year, then we'd be having a different conversation. They should probably get rid of their head coach and move in a different direction. It's just, if you win double-digit games and then lose in the first round of the postseason to the Buffalo Bills, and now we're questioning whether or not you should come back, and now what are we doing here? 
Like, th- this generation w- would have fired Coach K. You and I both know how Coach K started at Duke. If if there was a major Power 5 coach that started the way that Coach K started at Duke, he would not last today. They would get rid of him. Let me ask you this then. So you're now a proponent of keeping Mike McCarthy. Because Mike McCarthy is what you just described. He had a quarterback. He won double-digit games, first-round exit. Last, so the quarterback thing's different. Last year, double-digit games, embarrassing exit. Year before that, double-digit games, exit. Isn't what you're describing to me, Mike McCarthy, who you don't think's going to be employed very long? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be employed because I think that the ownership has just simply lost patience, and we just think the Cowboys is a very unique situation. Like, they're just a very unique team. Very, very unique. Now, and all you also would have to tell me who are they going to get. The only person that I would fire Mike McCarthy for, the only one I would fire him about, would be for John Harbaugh, or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. That's the only one. Not Belichick? Belichick is not an upgrade in, in 2024 over Mike McCarthy. Mike Vrabel is not an upgrade over Mike McCarthy, not in 2024. Not an upgrade, not worth firing my coach for to bring in those individuals. If you're telling me you get Jim Harbaugh, I think you could argue that Jim Harbaugh is the best football coach in the world based on what we've seen him do in the last decade or so. So if that's the upgrade that you're going a noticeable one, then yeah, I got no problem with that. But I don't know if hiring Mike Vrabel, not what I've seen Mike McCarthy do in, the, in, the, in his career, they have won 12 games in the, in the last three seasons that made the playoffs in the last couple of years. I, some of that could possibly be that they have a good head coach. It's possible. If you guys missed it, the announcement came out today that Mike Tomlin is going to stay as the head coach as the Pittsburgh Steelers. At least that's what he is telling the organization. Let's get back to the Chiefs coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back in on The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Let's get back to the Kansas City Chiefs and their win against the Miami Dolphins this past week. Rob, I'm curious if you are buying into the theory and belief, I guess, that the Chiefs are back. Because as I was kind of listening to my various, I'm listening to Pat McAfee and what he had to say on the game. I'm listening to Nick. I'm listening to Colin Cowherd. Like, I'm listening to the various people that do this for a living. I think a lot of the tone and sentiment was, hey, it's playoff time and the Chiefs are back. Like, they have reignited it's postseason time and they're ready to get this thing really going. Now, you know, Nick for the most part is overly positive about Kansas city and he's going to be on the show later in the week, but let me play for you. What Craig Carton had to say of also of FS one, but Tua was terrible in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And to be fair, 
I know the Dolphins started talking about their injuries a month ago. Look, they went in there missing seven starters. Yeah. And they got abused in Kansas City. And frankly, I don't think the weather had anything to do with it. They just got manhandled by a better team, period, stop. It also shows you with the, the Dolphin loss, and if I could couple that real quick with the Dallas Cowboy loss, all these teams that we talked about all year that were going to the playoffs but hadn't really beaten anybody because of what up. their schedule was, yep. they all lost. Yeah. Every one of them lost. That was Craig Carton. I'm going to play for you what Colin Cowherd and what Nick had to say as well. Rob, you have been, I would say, one of the bigger skeptics of the Kansas City Chiefs over the last two, three months or so. You were on board at one point, and then you jumped off board at some point. I'm curious if what you saw on Saturday was enough to get you back on board. Because at least for me, text line, we can take your text on this. You can call in if you would like, 913-586-7610. I saw the Chiefs play a formula and a brand of football that I think is replicable. Like, I don't look at what happened on Saturday as being a fluke or something, oh, that was a one-time kind of thing. I think the Chiefs tapped into something that they can continue and that they can do again, whether that's another home game in the AFC championship game, potentially, depending on who wins in the Buffalo and, or excuse me, Baltimore and Houston game, or on the road this weekend against Buffalo. I saw a team that was committed to giving Isaiah Pacheco the football. He got 24 carries in this game. Now, some of this, they were up in the game, and they were controlling this for most of the second half, but we all have had our problems with the Chiefs and them committing to the run, and we look up at the box score, and Isaiah Pacheco got nine carries. That's a big problem. I saw a team... Isaiah Pacheco had 25 touches in this game. Rasheed Rice got thrown the ball 12 times. Travis Kelsey got thrown the ball 10 times. They didn't throw the ball to any other player on the team more than four times. McCall Hardman got three targets, and everybody else got one and two. So I saw a team that for the first time really narrowed in on what they are. Control the line of scrimmage, run the ball effectively with Isaiah Pacheco. Let's try to get the ball in the hands of our playmaker. And you also saw a game in which Patrick Mahomes didn't throw an interception. In every game this season in which Patrick Mahomes has had zero interceptions, the Chiefs have won the ball. This is a formula to me that can beat Buffalo on the road. This is the formula that could beat Baltimore on the road. This is a formula that could beat any NFC team on the road as well. I guess, and I'm going to continue to be a skeptic. This is one of the reasons why I called it yesterday a see-what-you-want-to-see type of game. Because I think you're right. The Chiefs went out and physically dominated the Dolphins. Their defense imposed their will. That Dolphins offense, which, make no mistake, is prolific, was extremely hamstrung by the Chiefs defense, their secondary in particular. That Dolphins O-line was basically tissue paper. The D rushed right through them. They ran the ball effectively. They got their ball to the stars. They did everything that everyone's been clamoring for all year round, and they dominated a playoff game at home. If you are a person who's still in and believes this Chiefs team can win a Super Bowl, this Chiefs team can go to the Super Bowl, it's just a matter of fine-tuning the mistakes, and they can be great. Everything you saw Saturday existed. But I think the people who believe that are blind to the entire story of Saturday. Because let's be honest, the mistakes that we've seen throughout this season for the Chiefs also existed on Saturday. They just played a team that can't punish them. They had a turnover. 
I know it was late in the game. I know it largely didn't matter, but they did have a turnover in the game on Saturday. They had another game where they had to case the drop seats. And it wasn't the drop seats from Kadarius Tony or MVS. Travis Kelsey had a case of the drop seats on Saturday. He still had a great game, but he had multiple drops in key moments, mind you. They had crucial penalties that hurt drives. Jawan Taylor, I don't want to have a whole discussion about if he was pushed in the back first or any of that. He pushed Justin Houston in the back. That penalty took a touchdown off the board. And the Chiefs had red zone issues yet again. They kicked field goals. They won the game. This is why I call it a see what you want to see kind of game. For me, I still saw the blemishes. I still saw the flaws. That's every team in the league, though. I would agree. But I don't think dominating the Dolphins proved anything because I think you could have messed up more and beaten that team when it comes to the cold. I've seen the Chiefs dominate the Dolphins before. Now I want to see them do it against the Bills. Then I want to see them do it against the Ravens. Maybe I'll eat my words and they'll play mistake-free football this postseason, but so far I think they ran up against the perfect matchup to physically impose their will. This is where I would counter, though, and where I think you're being unfair to Kansas City and you aren't giving them the same grace that you would give all the other teams that won this weekend. Now let's remove Tampa Bay from this conversation because you and I don't see Tampa Bay as being a legitimate threat that's not a team that could go I would say every team won this weekend by being exactly what I think they are think about Houston what do we think about Houston they have a potential star quarterback on their hands right you look at CJ Stroud you and I are debating if he's a top five quarterback in the league he's top eight one of the top young pieces that you would want in the league how did Houston win that game their star quarterback was the star quarterback He was 16 of 21, 274 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You look at Nico Collins, had six catches for 96 yards, one touchdown. Houston won because their star quarterback was a star on Saturday. They did that to Cleveland. But we're all patting Houston on the back. Hey, Houston can go on the road and beat Baltimore. You should. Dominant performance. Let's give Kansas City for this. I look at Green Bay. I think Jordan Love is the most underrated player in the National Football League. I think Jordan Love played at a top 10, top 12 quarterback level this year, and no one really gave him credit. If you look at that offense, they got a lot of really talented pieces that are all 25 and under. That Packers team is a team that is poised to, you would think, make a run. How did they win that game? Jordan Love was really good. Christian Watson was really good. Romeo Dobbs was really good. This is a team that has drafted really well over the last three years offensively, and you saw that on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. How did the Lions win? Jared Goff played really well. A controversial pick to take a running back in the top 15. Jameer Gibbs was really good in this game. Amon Ross St. Brown, they've developed him and turned him into a number one wide receiver. I would say all the teams, how did you win? You played your brand of football, your style, and that's why you advanced. That's the same thing from Kansas City. How is Kansas City going to beat Buffalo? In a coin flip game, you and I follow this league. Teams that are two and a half point dogs win every single week in the National Football League. It's about playing your brand of football. What is Kansas City's brand of football? It used to be scoring 40 points, high flying, going out there, throwing it everywhere. That's not what they are. This team is going to advance by playing exactly how they played against the Dolphins. And it's not going to be pretty. You're going to have drops. You're going to have mistakes. 
They ran the ball with Isaiah Pacheco. They got the ball to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey. They have, I, in my opinion, the Chiefs have the best defense remaining in the tournament. That gives you a chance against any team that you play. That gives you a chance against Josh Allen. It's not like Buffalo and Josh Allen went out there and scored a bunch of points against this Kansas City team. They scored 20 points against this team just a month and a half ago. How many points do you think Buffalo scores in this game? 20 to 24? That's a game that Kansas City can win if that happens. I think your formula to success for the Chiefs is the same formula for every team in the league. And I guess maybe a different way to phrase this is, in the past, I feel like the Chiefs did not need to play immaculate football and they could win the playoffs. We saw it in the Houston game in 2019. I know it's an extreme example, but they played as bad for a quarter and a half of football as I think we've ever seen the Chiefs play. But the margin of error was so big because they were so talented and so explosive on offense that they roared back to life. They didn't play well in the first half against the Patriots in 2018, but they were able to overcome those mistakes, roar back and win that game. Even last season, they were down against the Eagles, but they were so talented and all the things that I think they were able to roar back and win the game. The margin of error was just bigger. They could make more mistakes, but they were so good. I think they could overcome those mistakes this year. I feel like their only path is to be mistake free. And if they start to play mistake filled football, which they have done a lot this season, I don't know. They are good enough to overcome them. Like right now, let's put this chiefs team up against the Eagles of last season, in the Super Bowl. I know, but it's but, 17 to seven, but they win all, that game. I agree, but that's not, but the Eagles of last year, I don't think are in the postseason this year. So I'm saying is the, the kind of team that you are talking about is that team in the AFC playoffs. Because I would say they don't have to play perfect football to beat Buffalo. You don't got to play perfect football to beat this Buffalo team. Not with Josh Allen, who is a turnover. Buffalo's not going to play perfect football on Sunday. There's something's going to go wrong with Buffalo. It's going to be some tip ball, some interception with Josh Allen. It happens every single week. All I'm saying is I think you are holding the Chiefs to a standard that you are not holding the other remaining seven teams in the postseason. Houston doesn't have to play perfect football to win, in my opinion, on Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens don't have to play perfect football to win. Detroit doesn't have to play. Tampa Bay might be a little bit different, but you and I both think that Tampa Bay is the worst remaining team in this postseason. The Chiefs aren't the only team where everything needs to perfectly line up, not with the quarterback that they have, not with the run game that they have, not with the defense that they have. You don't have to play perfect. Now, you can't make the critical mistake that just shoots you in the foot, but again, that's every team in the league. I would actually say that the largest margin of error of any team in the AFC right now is the Ravens. I think the Ravens can make mistakes and overcome against the Texans. I agree. Critical mistakes are obviously different, but let's say the Texans jump out to a 10 to 13 to three lead. You would still feel pretty confident Baltimore is going to win that game. Their defense is better. Their offense is dynamic. They had the MVP at quarterback. You would feel pretty confident. You're right. The Ravens aren't last year's Eagles. I don't think that team exists, at least in the AFC side. I think the Niners might be that team. Yeah, maybe. They're, they're the closest thing. To I would it. also say if, if you get to that point, you will certainly take your 50, 50 yeah. proposition in the Super Bowl that, as a probably a four and a half point dog. That's why I'm pushing the NFC to the side for now. But I think the Ravens can get down 13 to three and have a turnover early, have some penalties, maybe some drops, things that the Chiefs have happened, and they can get down early to the Texans. And I think me, you, the general public, would feel pretty confident that Baltimore is still going to go out and win that game and maybe even cover because their talent is strong enough where it can cover the mistakes. If the Chiefs are down 13 to three in Buffalo, 
me, you, the text line, the old Twitter machine may may not Twitter machine is the and the perfect example of this is going to be melting down because down by 10 in Buffalo is going to feel like the sky is falling if it's because of drops, penalties, and turnovers. I think the margin of error is just smaller. You're right. It's unfair by me to say it needs to be perfect, perfect. But I would say it's smaller than any time in the Patrick Mahomes era, and it's probably, what, the second smallest of any team left in the AFC playoff picture, which is just foreign ground for this Kansas City Chiefs organization. Yeah, I don't really know if it's that much smaller than Buffalo's. Maybe that's where, because it sounds to me, and I don't want to I mean, put that, words in I think Buffalo's a, six on one hand, half yeah, dozen it, the it, other. I, I mean, it, maybe we just are looking at this very differently. I, stopping Buffalo really comes down to one thing. Can you disrupt Josh Allen? If you're telling me that on Monday we are talking about Josh Allen had three touchdowns and no turnovers, Buffalo won that game. Buffalo won that game. When their quarterback plays well and runs the ball effectively like he did yesterday against Pittsburgh, and you get him going with the tight ends and you got Dawson Knox and Dalton King, or, uh, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, when you got them guys going, Buffalo is really hard to stop. But we've also seen a Josh Allen fumble, a Josh Allen tipped interception, and or you stop Josh Allen. Like, I would say that Buffalo's pathway, if we're talking about you need to play a perfect game, Buffalo's chance to win is Josh Allen is Superman for three consecutive weeks. And if he is not Superman, do you think that Buffalo is a team that can win? Let's say that Josh Allen throws for 220 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. I would say a pretty average game. I don't think Buffalo wins on on Sunday, where I would say if Mahomes, let's say Mahomes has 240 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. I think that Kansas City is better equipped to win that game than I think Buffalo is equipped to win that game because of their defense, because they are the healthier team, the more well-rested team. If that scenario happens, you're telling me both quarterbacks throw for 240 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Who has the advantage? I think the team is Kansas City. I think in the Buffalo game, you're right. But I think put that same stat line out there and tell me they're playing Baltimore. That's where I think it gets different because the Chiefs, right, wrong, or indifferent, are held to a different standard than the rest of the AFC. They're held to a different standard than the rest of the NFL. If you go on the road and lose the AFC title game, people are going to say, oh, man, the Chiefs fell short. They failed, failed to defend their title. They were the three seed. Their receivers were bad. We know what the narrative is going to be if the Chiefs failed to make the Super Bowl. We already know how the Nick Wrights and the Colin Cowards of the world are going to talk about this team if they fall short. It's because they're held to a different standard. You're right. The Bills and Chiefs are the Spider-Man meme. Insanely talented, well-coached, and they have a chance to win every game because they're quarterback. They also are handcuffed by the turnover issue. They point at each other. The Ravens I, don't have anybody that I don't think the Chiefs could stop. I know that's the next game, but Lamar, obviously, with his versatility, his ability to run, who on their offense do you feel like Kansas City couldn't keep in check? Is Mark I mean, Andrews back? Because that's a storyline we didn't talk about much in Week 18. Mark Andrews is not Kelsey, but he's George Kittleish and his ability. Yeah, but if you're telling me Mark Andrews, who hasn't played in two and a half months, is that the guy that I think you're coming in cold in the AFC championship game? Do I think that you're lighting this Chiefs defense up? No. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Ravens, and I think the Ravens are a good team, and they would be favored in that game. I mean, their offensive pieces are Gus Edwards, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, and Isaiah Likely right now. They don't have pieces that you were telling me Kansas City can't figure out a way to slow them down and hold them to 21 to 23 points in that game. And if you do that, you got a chance. I think Kansas City's defense, 
with how they have been able to limit teams and keep games close, I think it gives them a chance against anybody. And it really comes down to, can the Chiefs continue the formula that they had against Miami? Their quarterback didn't turn the ball over. They were committed to running the football, and they are the best defensive team left in the tournament. That is still a formula that helps you advance, in my opinion. It is not the same way. This is not the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs or the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. If the Chiefs can continue to do what they did offensively against the Miami Dolphins, I will give them a chance against any team remaining in the, uh, in the NFL tournament. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk about the top stories, including Philadelphia, who found out the hard way. That's coming up. Keep right here, so drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 